Welcome to Rock Bible Church. We are a Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community. We are compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, being a community that serves the greater community. And that middle one, uh, we started a new series last week. We're doing it for uh, through next week to kind of get us launched. And next next Sunday is kind of be our kind of our kickoff for the year. We're going to talk about. Uh, getting you in a small group at the end of service today. Uh, but we thought for the next three weeks we'd go through that uh, that phrase a little bit and look at it from a biblical perspective. What's that middle phrase? In casual ways that welcome all to worship, uh, that's what we are this morning. This morning, we're, what is casual church? Uh, so if you'll see on your outline in the back on the top there, we're Luke chapter 15, uh, the story of the prodigal son, and how does that affect... Uh, how we do things in casual ways that welcome all to worship. So are you ready to hear about it? Yeah. Let's uh, let's get into it after we pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your house, your day. Thank you, Lord, that it's all yours. And pray, Lord, you'd remind us this morning of how all your stuff works. And so, Father, be with us in this time as we look at your word, uh, as we think about it and how it applies to us. And then, Lord, may we have a better appreciation of who you are. And so, Father, bless this time uh, to your glory through the leading of your spirit. In honor of your son's name, we pray it. Amen. 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 Uh, Luke chapter 15, uh, verse 11 through 32 is the traditional story of the prodigal son. And you've heard it before, uh, especially if you were here last week because we we read it last week. We're going to read it again. Because uh, it's a great story. I think everybody should know it. Don't you? Yep. Good. Good. That's the correct answer, by the way. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. And he said, there was a man. Who's he? Okay. Jesus is talking. Uh, you just, just a little idea. If Jesus tells a story, you might want to listen to it. Right? Okay. He said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that's coming to me. We talked about that last week. That's a rough question. What's he asking for? He's asking for stuff over relationship because dad knows once he gets his stuff, where's he going? He's gone. Give me the share of the property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. No discussion, no calculate. He just, boom, splits it. Not many days later, the younger son gathered... Woo. Sorry. Younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. He's the he's the eat and run son, right? He's like, get yourself boom, gone. Uh and, and we talked about this last week as well. I think it's it's poignant for us to remember when when it goes south. Bible spends very little time going through the details of how it went south or why it went south or what did south look like. And by, by the way, why did south become such a negative phrase, right? I, right? Bible doesn't spend much of any time on that. Why? Because it's not important. What's important is how do we get back? Really, that's kind of the, the question of today. He squandered it. And then verse 14, when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs 
He was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. When he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. The slaves are doing better than I am at my dad's house. This is backwards, how to get myself here. Verse 18, I will arise and go to my father. That, as we pointed out this last week, that is, that's like what it's really all about. You know, when he came to his senses, came to himself, verse 17, and his decision is, I will rise and go to my father. What a, what a great little phrase to kind of sum up. Uh, what is, why are we here? What's the meaning of life? Come to your father, your heavenly father. That's how you figure it out. The meaning of life for you is going to be a little bit different for the meaning of life for somebody else because we're all different. God's made us different. Amen. Love that. But there's some universal overarching ones. One of them, we're, we're meant to be in a relationship with him. And we're trying to get to that place ourselves and we're trying to get other people to that place as well. That's why we said last week we are compelling ourselves and others to Christ. Right? Uh, he says, I'll rise and go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against... Here's the prepared speech, right? We called this last week his prepared speech. He's writing it down. He's going to get it down word for word. This will sound really good. Dad might buy this. I might be let back in the house. Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired slaves. And rose and came to his father. But while it was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion ran and embraced him and kissed him. You know, we mentioned this uh, second service. We didn't really talk about it first service. Uh, but how, how did he see him if he was a long way off? Looking. He was looking for him, wasn't he? The nature of your God, the nature of our Heavenly Father is to look for those that are a long way off. Right? Uh, we call them something else sometimes, Right? We call them lost. He's looking for the lost. You know, we get that phrase from this passage, actually. We're going to see it in just a second. Uh, he arose, came to his father. And I'll go back real quick. He wrote, verse 20, he rose, came to his father. Uh, and the father said to him, or the son said to the father, verse 21, I have sinned. Against heaven, and before you hear, he starts a speech. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. End quote. And I love this, and so I'm going to point it out again this week. Where's the rest of the speech? Right? Treat me as one of your hired slaves. That's the next line. We practice it in front of the mirror many times. We got it down to under 15 seconds. No stuttering. He had his speech down, and God cuts him off. Father cuts him off. I, I don't need to hear your speech. Treating you like one of the hired servants is not the plan. Treating you like one of the slaves is not the plan. I appreciate your heart. That's what's most important. You came to your senses. You came back to me. That's what's most important, and I've got a better plan for you than the plan you have for yourself. Is that true about you? 
Okay, it's it's just true about her. Right? If it's if you're from Georgia, it's true about you. Is it true about the rest of you? Yes. I'm not convinced. Yes. Is it true about the rest of you? Yes. All right, this is interactive church, okay? It's church 2.0. Now here's a more important question maybe. Is it true about other people? Because that's, that's kind of the lesson that we're getting to with the older brother that's coming up, right? Here you're going to see it come. Uh, father, I've sinned, right? Verse 22, but the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and party. I think that should be translated party. Okay, I took Greek, went to school, whole thing. Pretty sure that means party. Like that? Great phrase, great moment in a story. If you were watching this as a movie, that'd be a great, you'd just be, oh yeah, give me some more popcorn. So this is awesome, right? Reunion. And then watch the, watch the value statements that come out of the father now, right? He, he's given some instruction He's run, he's done a bunch of the work. He run to his son. He's talked to the servants. He told them what to do. And now watch, he's here. He's going to give you the why. Why did he run? Why did he talk to the servants? Why we killed the fattened calf? Why are we going to party? For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. You heard that phrase, lost and found? Right? This is where we got it. Love that. And they began to celebrate. Verse 25, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> now his older son was in the field, and he, as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, happiness, joy, rejoicing, party, celebration. He called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. He said to him, your brother has come. Your father has killed the fattened calf because he received him back safe and sound. Heard that phrase before, safe and sound? I got that from here too. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. Love that. He ran out to the younger son, and here he runs out to the older son as well. Right? It's a universal runner, our God is. Uh, By the way, uh, his son ran to us. Right? Came and walked on the planet with us. Uh, not meant to be overlooked, I think. Uh, came out and entreated him. Verse 29, and he answered his father, Look, these many years I've served you. I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. I, I love this. In, in, uh, I, I love the uh, arrogance slash um, exaggeration of the older son. I've never disobeyed me. Yes, until now. I've told you to come into the house and party with your brother, and you're still out here being indignant, right? I've never, well, you just, you see, you ruined it. You ruined it yourself. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And I would suggest that he's disobeyed his father long before refusing to come into the house from the field because I think what he's refused of his father is the acceptance of his father's perspective on his brother. 
his father's perspective on what's valuable and what's not. What is a fattened calf for? What is celebration for? What is a brother for? I, I think he disobeyed his father a long time ago. Uh, he started enjoying his rules and what he's done and keeping score, track record. Hey, you know, all these years I obeyed you. Uh, and it's not about points. We had back to school night at the at the local high school, and I was walking through all these different classrooms, and it was amazing. I went to a classroom, and the teacher said, "It's not about collecting points." I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Finally, somebody that gets it. It's not just about collecting points on did you check off where you did your homework. No, did they learn the homework? Not did they turn the homework in. Very different things, right? Wouldn't you say, Charlotte Harbecker? Wouldn't you say? It was her class. Awesome. Loved it. You're amazing. All right, I got to teach lesson now. Sorry. Uh, He said, verse 31. The father says to the older son, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive. He was and is lost and is found. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. All right, let's look at this because we've been we've been talking about what is church. Last week I get, we started an acronym with you of the letters in the word church. C H U R C H. We said that the first C was Christ centered. We talked about that a little bit, and then we, the second C we said is Holy Spirit led. We got into that today. I want to give you U and R, but before we get into U and R, I want to make sure that you understand what is the concept of casual. Because at our church we say. Uh, in casual ways that welcome all to worship. I think we need to make sure that we're clear that casual is casual. What we mean by casual is we're getting casual. We're getting people from lost to found and from safe to sound. Is Safe is one thing. But to be sound at the same time, you, ever, you, know, we, you know how phrases you use them so much they start to lose their meaning. We say safe and sound. Your kids out and you're staying up and you're waiting, you're waiting, and you, or or maybe your parents out <laughs> and you're waiting, you're waiting, and 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 finally they're home and you're like, oh good, they're safe and sound. Or really, I, you might want to check that because they might be home and they might be safe, but what condition are they in? They might not be sound. See, it's more than just the son coming home. But the son comes home and he's still in good condition. And he's got a shot at good condition because he's back in the house. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do church in a way where people can have a moment where they come to themselves and say, I will return to my father. That's what it's all about. It's accentuated that that's what it's all about by the older son missing the point. Wait, you killed the fat calf? Duh. It's almost as if dad is saying, yeah, that's why we're here. We're here because we're surrounded by prodigal sons and prodigal daughters. At times we are the prodigal. 
And casual is from lost to sound, lost to found and safe to sound. Verse 20, uh, you've got this in your outline. You know, I want you to see the active pursuit of verse 20. All the different verbs. We pointed them out last week, but all the different verbs that come out of he saw him, he ran to him, he kissed him, and he embraced him. All that, right? He shows the value of the lost by what he does in his action. But then right next to 20, I want you to write verse 22. Just write 2-2 right there, okay? Because that's where he gives instructions to the servant. I'd like to introduce you to a a new character in this story. A character that's been there the whole time, and you haven't seen him. It's the servants. If I ask you, what are the characters in the prodigal son? Well, there's the father, and then there's the two sons. No, you miss the servants. In fact, the father talks to the servants more than once, uh, gives them instructions, gives them meaning. When the son, older son, comes in from the field, who's he talk to first? Not the father. Talks to the servants to find out what did this mean. I love in verse 22 uh, what, what the father does with the servants. He says, bring the robe, put it on him, get the ring, put it on his hand, get the shoes, put it on his feet. He's giving instructions to the servant. Who, who's, who are you in this story? Can we, we can rule out the father right off the bat, right? You're not the father. Okay, let's just let's, let's check the egos at the door. Um, are you the younger son? Gosh, I am at times, but gee, I hope not. If I was, I was for a little while. Maybe I'm getting out of that step or out of that. Great. Maybe you're still younger son, but I would say you're not meant to be there for very long. I think you're meant to move on to another character. Oh, the older son. No, no one wants to be him. No one likes him, right? Uh, Some of you left his church, (laughs) right? I... I, I went to his church a couple times. Um, that sucked. Let's not do that again. I, I, I suggest, and, I, and I'm not going to hold to this, and I'm not going to say this is like theologically sound, in the, but I'm guessing probably there's big parts of the servant that was meant to be us. He's in the house when he's supposed to be in the house. He's in the field when he's supposed to be in the field. And he knows all the answers. Why? Because the father talks to him. In fact, what? I I would ask. He gives instructions in verse 32 to the servant. Or maybe he's giving instructions to who? Us. What are you doing for the lost? Are you, are you getting stuff for them? Are you preparing stuff for them? Are you helping lost to get from lost to found? Are you, are you helping get the not safe to safe or maybe the safe to sound? That's a progression. He gives those instructions to the, the servant, verse 22. And then verse 24, he tells him why. He gives meaning to his instructions to the servant when he coins the phrase lost and found. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Why get the robe? Why get the ring? Why get the sandals? Because we're about the business of lost and found. We're, We're finding casual ways to welcome all to worship. 
I absolutely love that. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, whether you're being watched or not, whether you're alone or in a crowd, no matter where you are, what environment, what situation, that I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit and one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. For the faith of the gospel. What is that? What is that gospel? It's bringing the lost to found. Right? I think I skipped on you back there, Peter. Sorry. Uh, Verse 31 says this. He says, hey, you know, you're my son. You'll always be with me and all that is mine is yours. But then verse 32, he gives meaning to the phrase when he says, because it was fitting to celebrate. Your brother was dead and now is alive. He was lost and now he's found. The father in the story gives the value of the lost to the servant and he gives the value of the lost to the older brother. Now it's happened twice. That's no longer coincidence. And what he says is, we are meant to pursue the gospel of Christ, that Philippians verse. No matter what, at all times. That's what I want to hear about you, Paul says to the Philippians, right? Why? Because what is the church? The church is unified believers. Unified believers. Right? That's that Philippians, uh, that's that Philippians verse where he says, when I'm absent, I hear that you're standing firm in one spirit and one mind. One spirit and one mind. Doing what? Finding the lost. Sounding the unsafe. I love the way that works out. You know, in verse 27, he says, the older brother comes in from the field and he hears, what's going on? And the the servant explains it to him in verse 27, right? I love what, what happens. He said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back, what? Safe and sound. Look at the top of your outline. Verse 27. I put that on there because I love that the servant gets the message. Servant gets the message and regurgitates it in verse 27 that he received in verse 24. In verse 24, the father says to him, yeah, go get this, go get that, go get this. Why? For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. When the older brother then comes in from the field, he says, what's going on? And the servant regurgitates it right back to him. Oh, dad did this because your brother was lost and now he's found. He gets the message. Get the message. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're we're. I know this is going to hurt a little bit. You are supposed to be inviting people to church. You are supposed to be inviting people to your house. You are supposed to be inviting people to coffee. It doesn't have to be Pete's, but it might work better. (laughs) Invite them to lunch. Take them on a walk. Go 
pave their yard with them, fix the fence, uh, go cook, do stuff with what, what stuff, Scott? How many things? As, uh, whatever you can think of, as many as you can. Right? And I, I got a verse for that in a second. Right? Verse 30 tells us that we need to be unified, unified as believers. Uh, when his son, when uh, the older brother is, is being explained to by the father, what does he say? He says, you're always with me, but all that is mine is yours. But it was fitting to celebrate. What's he trying to do? Verse 30, 31, 32, it's the end of this discussion with the older brother. What's the father trying to draw the older son into? Draw him into unification. Be part of the house. Be part of the party. Be part of the celebration. Be part of the values, of the priority of your father. He's trying to draw him in. You see, we're meant to be unified as believers in what we pursue and how we pursue the lost. How we compel ourselves to Christ, but others as well. Amen? Lastly, uh, we're to be relationally based. We're to be relationally based. Being casual in, in casual ways that welcome all to worship means that we are relationally based. Verse 32, the very ending, he says, yeah, his son was lost and found and he was dead. But why does he say? He said, because it was fitting. I think it would be a great phrase for our church. I think it would be a great phrase for you. I think it's a great phrase for me. What is fitting? What do I do right now? Hmm, what's fitting? What fits? Tragic that the older son has to have fitting explained to him. How, how do you not get this older son? We do this, why? Because it was fitting for them, not for you. Quit keeping score. It's not about you anymore. All I have is yours. What are you going to do with all you have? That's kind of the implied thought there. If, if, if all my stuff is going to be yours, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to be relationally based? Are you going to connect with your brother? 1 Thessalonians 3, 12. Uh, look what it says. We got the verse. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in what? In tally marks and scorekeeping. No, in love for one another. No, love for yourself? No. Love for others. And for how many people? Oh, I, guys, I've been trying to sell you on this for about almost six years now. The, our favorite words at this church are very small. Both. All. Every theology is really simple. You just break it down to the small little words. We're supposed to love all people. You mean you mean the ones that go there? Yeah. You gotta start loving them so that you stop saying there that way. The venom in your there is disgusting. And for all people, just as we also do for you. See, we're trying to do it for you so that you'll learn to do it for others. Relate to them. Oh, well, yeah, but what if they, what if they damage the property? What if they... 
Well, let's, let's, math. Sometimes we have to do math. Okay, this is. I love math. I think math is one of the greatest skills on the planet. I think everybody should have to take math every year till they graduate, and then maybe a little more. And a little math for you. If they break the property. Do they still fall under the category of all? Okay. See, all is called a variable. X. My son uh, is taking one of the really complex math classes where they have graphs and things. And I took these classes years ago. I, I can't remember all of it, but they've got charts and like as X is approaching, what is the function of Y as X approaches zero? And it's like, what is the function? You know, as, as a person approaches a certain value, there's still a function. They still fit in the equation. There's still a place for them. They're still all. They're still on the chart. There is a denoted value for them. And see, and I love this concept. I hated it in math because it really took me a long time. No, as X approaches zero. Yeah, but when does X actually get to zero? But it never gets there. What? No. I know zero exists because I want candy right now and I have zero candies. That's zero just happened to me. But no, in this math equation thing, there's no, no, no. As X approaches zero, it never, it gets really close, but it never gets there. All Never get to zero. All, always, have a value. That's casual ways that welcome all to worship. Amen? You see, when we made that phrase, we stole that word all from the Bible. All right? But 1 Corinthians 9, and this, guys, I know, this is one of my favorites. All right? I love this passage, and I'll show you the one that I love, the, the one phrase in it. That I love the most, but it's a little bit long. I think you're okay. We'll be all right. Here we go. Ready? First Corinthians chapter nine. Ready? For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win them more of them. Why? Why is he calling himself free or discarding things that he wore, tying him down? Why, why is he doing that? In order to win them. Right now, when you say you can't say them the same way in this sentence as I said it earlier. You mean even that? No, you can't say that like there. You can't say win them. No, you gotta say I want to win more of them. To the Jews, I become as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I become as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I have become as one outside the law. Not being outside the law of God, but under the law of God, which he contradicts himself there, which is awesome, because it's theologically very sound and deep, and we'll get into it another time, maybe when we go through Corinthians again. That I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people, that I by all means might save some. Love that. How many times do we hear all in that phrase? That's my favorite phrase right there. 
I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. That's awesome. In casual ways that welcome all to the Father. That welcome all to Jesus. That welcome all to the cross. Oh, by the way, how many of them are going to come? Not all? What? That's not a math equation. That all plus all plus all should equal. God explained this to me a long time ago. He said, Scott, we're not doing your math. Why not? I don't like that. So we're just, we're just not. Your math is faulty. Here's your side of the equation. Oh, wait a minute. I want the whole equation. He says, no, you only get your side of the equal sign. I want all, 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 and all from you all the time. That's just, that's your side. Then there's a big equal sign. That's what I'm in charge of. Everything on the other side of the equal sign, that's mine. Which is good news for you, Scott. Now, all you have to worry about is 50% of the equation. Your half. You know what I figured out? I am horrible at my side of the equation. I'm average. Sometimes below average. Every once in a while, I sneak into above average. I'm never perfect at doing all, all, and all, always. But I love the reminder That's why I'm here. That's why we're here. That's why the church exists. I do it all. Verse 23, I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in his blessings. Are we here to come to Christ? Absolutely. Are we here to compel others to Christ? Absolutely. By mandate. How do we do it? Any way we can. Oh, then we're gonna we're gonna win everyone? Nope. We're just gonna get some. Which ones? Don't know. Not your side of the equation, not my side of the equation. But it is our job, is that our it is our opportunity, it is our joy to bring people, show people, entice people. Run to people, embrace people, clothe people. Think of all the examples that the father sets in the passage of what he does for his sons. Explain to people, albeit maybe discuss. We don't argue, right? We discuss with people to get them to a place where they feel welcome to worship. It's your breath. How's the song go? In my lungs. So I pour out my praise. Why? Well, because everyone else is doing it, and that we have to do it. It's a, it's a required equation. We have to sing three songs before we can hear the Bible verse. <laughs> I pay my penance. So we just, 
Why, 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 why pour out our praise and have his breath in our lungs? Why, why do that? I, I don't know how they picked the song. I just sang it. To, to bring you into relationship with the Lord. To bring you some unity with God. To get you to move to him. To co- right? Let me suggest that that's just half of the equation. That's just your side of the all, all, and all, and all, right? You know the other side? Is when you have His breath in your lungs so that you pour out your praise. What does that do to the people around you? What does that do to the lost? What does that do to the unsafe, the unsound, the dead? What does it do to them? What is going on over there? They look happy. They look at least convinced. They're trying something I never tried. I tried it once. It didn't work. Okay, maybe I tried it a couple times. I just felt weird. But what gets them to the fourth attempt or the seventh attempt or the 22nd attempt of worshiping? What gets them there? We don't know. God, it's his side of the equation. But on our side of the equation, we can do things that are a witness. A witness. Which is a great word, by the way. Witness. It's not on your outline. You know the word witness in, in Greek? You know the word witness? Maybe you've heard it. Martos. Sound like anything you've ever heard before? Martos. Martyr? No, martyr means to be killed. Nope. I don't mean that at all. You know what martyrs are? Hey, look it up. Anytime the Bible in Greek in the New Testament talks about being a witness, use the word martyr. To be a martyr is just to be a witness. The problem is at some point they started killing the witnesses. And the word martyr turned, it became this whole other word. Oh, those that have died for the faith. No, they've died for the witness. They had already died to Christ. There's a funky way to look at that. But the idea was the message to others was important enough that they would be a witness and sometimes die. But the value was the message, the witness, the sign, the explanation, the practice. Be a martyr. Wait, 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 I'm like, I have to die. No, 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 no. Just do the all, all in all on your side. And when somebody asks you, well, why, why does the church do this? Or why do you do this as a family? Or why do you pray before your meal? Or You know, I heard about that Don guy. Why does he, here, here's what you say. Hey, just, we're just, just doing all we can. Follow the Lord. So that's how life works. That's how life is better. That's how life makes sense. That's why the church exists. Not so we can have rules. Not so we could keep score. 
God's not in that business. In fact, when we start keeping score and coming up with a plan, he cuts us off mid-speech. I love that. Uh, which might be a reason for you not to prepare any speeches for anybody. God might have a different plan. Go just interact with them. Try to unify it with them. Be relational to them. And draw them in to the family. That's what we're about. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for the idea that you want all you call us to love all. Your story of your fa- the Father in, in this uh, account. He loves all of the servants. He loves both of the sons. And Lord, uh, we just love that He treats each of the characters differently. Each of the characters appropriately. Each of the characters in unique ways. May we be reminded, Lord, that we are to become all things to all people that by all means we might save some. May we be that kind of church. And more importantly, may we be those kind of people. People that draw others in. That that they might have your breath in their lungs. That they might pour out their praise. Remind us, Lord, that it's half of why we exist. And then, Lord, help us to to have your breath in our lungs and to praise you as much as we can. The other half. If you're here this morning, you never made that decision, you never come to yourself and return to God your Father and said, I want to do life your way from now on. You, you need to make that decision. That's what God's calling you to. And you can make it however you want. You can designate it on your own. You could say a prayer by yourself. But you could come and tell us. We would love to know. We'd love to help you. You can come up after service. You can raise your hand right now. You do it however you like. Father, we thank you for the offering that we're about to receive. Pray, Lord, that you would help it. use it. To bless us to be a church that looks for the lost, that runs to the lost, serves the lost, clothes the lost. May we be that kind of church. And then, Lord, for those who are guests or visiting, we pray they feel no obligation to give, but recognize what we do as a family. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.